the comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily, and welcome. So glad to have you here. I am Mac McCoy. That's Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni. And uh, Theo is also here. He is an alumnus of the Dallas Theological Seminary. And you always hear Theo on Tuesdays because we're in the 36th or 7th week of a Bible study in Romans. But we got to the place where um, Theo and I got on the phone this morning and we recalled this uh, difference of opinion that we have. And it's not an opinion where one is right and one is wrong. It is an opinion where I am right because I stand with Jesus and I don't know what's going on with Theo. He's getting old. But we're going to talk about where we left off last week. And if you are studying with your Bible, I want you to go to 7, Romans 7, and we're going to kind of go over 18 again, and then we're going to whip into the meat, the real tough, and that's 21 through 25. And that will be our program all this week. It's our second week in digging into the Roman Road, Chapter 7. Theo, can we have a prayer, please? Let's do it, Mac. Let's bow our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to study the book of Romans. Thank you for the gospel, the good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He rose on the third day according to the scriptures. In that process, he gave us the free gift of salvation through faith only. And now may everything we say and do be honoring to you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, everybody, uh, welcome to Friday, and Fridays are always 15% more fun in the view from a pew. And we've all week in long, or week long, talking about uh, struggling with sin. And that is chapter 7, starting with 14. And the, the issue at hand, and maybe it's not that big of issue for most people, and those are people probably who have been around Jesus longer than I have and have studied him longer than I have. But I know that when I realized that I only had two choices, God, one, everything else, two, that I was not able to have my own will. Therefore, the term free will does not apply, in my opinion. It's, and by the way, it's not in the Bible. You will not find free will in the Bible. Go ahead, you can look. What you will find is sinful nature. And because Jesus loves us and wants us to choose him, he gives us a choice. A choice between him and everything else. And everything else is Satan. And I think we finally come... Theo, to we can kind of stand on the same island on that, or are we still we still want to debate that issue because we got a whole week next week to do this again. So whatever you want to do. Uh, well, Mac, um, I, I love talking about things that are going to encourage the group, 
and I want to encourage people that though we are beset and pressured daily by our flesh, and that is the authority of this sin nature that's trying to divert us from God, that though we have that, there is hope. And that is because we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And that is going to allow us to be successful in this struggle, this tension we have with this principle, it's called, in verse 21 of 7. And we're heading on to the beauty, then, of chapter 8 of Romans, which spends a lot of time talking about this Holy Spirit that we have in us, which is our new master. We are still beset with this old authoritarian influence of our flesh, our sin nature, but we have the Holy Spirit, and the more we spend time with the Holy Spirit and get closer to the Holy Spirit, it gives us the power to make choices that are consistent with conforming ourselves to the image of Christ. And that's, that's what sanctification is. And that, that idea comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 29. So there we are, Mac. We're, we're, we're here to encourage people, but it's, uh, it's easy to have disagreements, especially in Romans 7, 14 and on, because there's a lot of terminology that's used there that at first blush might seem difficult to line up with a, a simple understanding of this struggle that goes on between our flesh and our new self, which is mastery, under the mastery of the Spirit. Well, and I, I thank you for um, um, humoring me, if you will, um, let me tell you why, and this is just for me, but let me tell you why this is so important to me. In fact, it's a cornerstone in my faith. Before I was mugged by Jesus, which was actually um, 13 years ago last week, um, I believed that I was a God guy, and I believed that because I had the Father, why did I need the Son? And I believed that one day, I was afraid that one day I would pass through and stand before the Almighty, who I had been one of his uh, followers from the day I was about seven or eight years old. And I would say, hey, Pop, how'd I do? And he'd say, well, not very well. And I'd look at him and say, oh, my gosh, what did I screw up on? Well, you start. You screwed up on the first commandment. I would say the first, thou shalt have no other gods but me. Lord, I don't have any other gods but you. And he would look at me maybe with a tear in his eye saying, Mac, you chose Jesus. And I would say, wait a minute, Pop, I, I didn't choose Jesus. Uh, your people, your Christians told me that Jesus was who I should follow. You see, if you're listening to this program or watching this right now, I didn't understand the Trinity. I was told as a young child, I, I, I was an orphan. I was adopted into a great family. 
Uh, we were coming up on Father's Day, and somebody asked me what I was going to do for Father's Day. And a smart aleck little redheaded boy from Beatrice, Nebraska, looked at the guy and said, Well, I don't have a father, so I guess my dad John and I are going to hang around. And that man, Mr. Kyes, whipped me around, pointed his finger to the heavens and said, You do have a father, and his name is God. And until the 20th of July in 2010, I did not understand that Jesus and God were the same. That it was just a different role that God was playing. He plays the role of a father. He plays the role of, uh, 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 of the son. And he plays the role of the Holy Spirit. And when I finally heard that from... Um, it was uh, R.C. Sproul on the radio one morning on August 8th of that same year, and he quoted John 6.44, which is, The Father will woo you into a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And then R.C. Sproul added, They are one in the same. And I realized all that time that I needed Jesus. To, to really be a part of God. That without Jesus, I wasn't going to be in eternity. That I was going to disappoint my father. And that I would not be able to spend eternity with both of them as well as the Holy Spirit. The next thing I learned from uh, Pastor Mike was that those things that I had done all of my life that were so horrible, and I did a few every day, I thought I was a bad person. I thought I had failed God because I couldn't do right. And I thought when I heard this voice tell me, you're a lousy son, a lousy husband, a lousy father, a lousy businessman, you're just lousy, lousy, lousy. I heard it almost every day. I thought that was God. It wasn't. It was Satan. And what I learned in chapter 7 of Romans was that it's not me choosing to do those bad things. It's my sinful nature. And that sinful nature is not my nature. My nature is golden, complete. God will love me and never leave me. It will be the most purest love that I'll ever feel and a relationship with him through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I thought I was a bad, a bad man. I wasn't a bad man. I was a good man who chose to follow the devil who was living within me rather than choosing God. See, I was choosing me because I was my own God. Somehow, when I was 50 years old, God stepped into my life and said, okay, we're going to straighten this out right now. And as it says in uh, chapter 7, verse 20, but I do what I don't want to do, but I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. At that moment, I was released from living with Satan and following him, even though I didn't know it. Hallelujah.
Theo, we've got about a minute left before we move on. Sorry I hogged the show, but I, I just wanted to explain why it was so important for me to learn that it wasn't me who chose, or it wasn't me who did those horrible things that I've done. It was Satan's will, and I did not understand that we were one and the same. Still there? Mac, isn't yeah. It, isn't it, yeah, I am. Isn't it wonderful that Christ's death on the cross covers every single evil thing we've done in the past, we are doing now, and we'll do in the future, and that the, all we have to do is put, put our faith and trust in him so that we can receive the benefit of that justification that comes with doing that. Well, and, and I finally knew what it meant when somebody said, Mac, the truth will set you free. I had learned the truth that I truly was a child of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and that I wasn't a bad person. I was just choosing to do bad things and letting the wrong will be the will of my life. And Jesus, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your will now. Find truth, Christian store, where you'll find more.